Hey, spooky friends. Hey, hey, hey. It is episode 135. We are going to talk about haunted houses today. Yes. We've been talking, well, we've been sharing with you our bonus episodes, but we aren't going to do that to you anymore. <laughs> we just can't keep them secret. We got to, we can't, mm-hmm. can't have them on the Patreon anymore. We just, we got to share them with you guys every week. They're too much fun. So this time we're talking about haunted houses 16 through 20. So what this is, is um, every state, this website has picked one haunted house for each state. And so we're basically going through the United States in alphabetical order and talking about the haunted house that this website has picked for each one. And I will link it in the show notes. And I will also link the websites that I found to get information on these houses. So you can find all that. But first... We want to talk about Patreon. We do. Yeah. Because we've decided to bring it back. Yay. <laughs> so um, I'm going to bring it back. But not necessarily with bonus episodes. Yeah. We're actually not doing that this time around. Uh, I put a poll on our Facebook group that will also be linked in the show notes if you want to check that out. And everybody voted. And so we picked just the top three choices yeah that people picked and we're going to use those as her three tiers they're going to be 250 meaning two dollars and fifty cents a month five dollars a month or seven dollars and fifty cents a month and they'll come with different benefits so click on the i voted for the third tier to be 895 <laughs> but <somebody> said no. <laughs> 7.99 <laughs> uh and then she started like reciting a ShamWow commercial, just so you guys know. <laughs> <laughs> she's she's into the ShamWow OxyClean. That was, yeah, mm-hmm. that's a good one. You gotta fight those stains. Yeah. Oh, wait, that's George Floyd. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't he have that grill? He was the grill guy. He yeah, did. Yeah, yeah. Yep. I actually had that. It cooked my steaks to death. Like they were cooked. And now she's vegan, and now we know why. (laughs) So, yeah. Well, that was early before I knew how to cook. So, in fairness. (laughs) So, anyway, we're bringing that back. You guys click the link and check it out. If you want to support the show, it would be really nice and lovely of you. Because this all comes out of my pocket. And so, any help is appreciated into other people's pockets. Yeah. <laughs> I pay editors now, which is insanity. But it's too much. Insane. I work a day job. I just don't have the brain power mm-hmm. when I get home or the time and I've got kids and yeah, it's a it's a whole thing. So all right. Let's talk about haunted houses. Shall we? We shall. We shall. Let me pull up the thing. Okay, so while this is up on my screen, I'm not gonna be able to see your lovely face. So if you see me reading and I'm like, or something, it's because I don't know what I look like. <laughs> it also means so that can... I just get to make faces at her and <laughs> she'll never know. You can. I won't be able to see you. So, yeah. Okay. So our first house on the list is the Sally House in Atchison, Kansas. So it says... It has been called not only the most haunted house in Kansas, but in the entire country. Built in the mid-1800s in the growing community of Atchison, 
one house on 2nd Street has seen its fair share of owners through the years, including the family of a six-year-old girl named Sally, who died in the home during appendicitis surgery. It wasn't until the mid-1990s when Sally's story first gained both local and national attention when then-owners Tony and Deborah Pickman lived in the home and began noticing strange occurrences, including attacks on Tony, unexplained voices, and apparently burnt finger marks upon mysteriously burning candles. So basically, they would say that the candles weren't lit by people. That they would just come on. How do you get burnt finger marks on the candle, though? Like, your hand is so hot that you, like, grip the candle? I don't know. And it, like... I'm picturing, like, soot-covered fingers, but I don't know how they would be that way. Okay. I could see that. The kids yeah. and their grimy hands. Fair. After extensive investigations conducted by the Kansas Paranormal Group... It was discovered that Sally wasn't the only ghost haunting the home, but a middle-aged woman as well, who is said to have been behind the more frightening attacks. So, yeah, if you go there, be careful. There you go. A botched appendicitis surgery, though, like, that sucks. That's just an infection. (laughs) Like, she literally died of an infection. Yeah, I'm guessing that the infection spread in, in her gut or something. She, she probably yeah. got sepsis, in all honesty. She was probably yeah. a blood infection. That's painful. Um, because if her if her appendix burst, and that's why she had the surgery, which most of the time we didn't know back mm-hmm. then, you know, the signs of your appendix starting to rupture, um, you know, it would burst, and then all that goo goes into your body, and it's part of your intestines, so yeah. it's probably yuck. That happened to my dad. He, he thought he had kidney stones, and so he wouldn't go to the hospital. And and then finally he felt better. And so he thought he passed it or something. And actually what happened was when your appendix finally bursts, you feel better. It's like relief for a short time. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. And then death. <laughs> so he actually thought he passed it, and then he got violently, violently sick and barely like they had to do emergency surgery it was a whole thing so folks if you have severe pain go to the hospital right side (laughs) lower right side that's where it is just in general I feel like I don't know no no (laughs) stick it out I don't (laughs) well what's funny is um I, I had a I had an ultrasound because of violent lady pains mm. and so they did an ultrasound and come to find out I have a cyst on my left ovary mm. and which apparently is pretty common so um, but I would get really really bad pains on my left hand side and I was always like man if this was on my right side it'd be my appendix but it's on my left side so I don't have to worry about it I just have to wait wow. and so then I realized that that pain is from the cyst and it, it gets mad when I'm under like extreme stress and stuff like that mm. so yeah I'm a wuss so if, <laughs> if I have extreme pain I'm gonna be like oh my god I'm gonna die it's I'm dying right now this is it this is how I go <laughs> and I'm gonna rush to the hospital <laughs> and I'm just like like I got I had a 
I actually fell yesterday and skinned my knee pretty badly. I look like an eight-year-old right now, <laughs> just a road rash on my knee. And now I'm just like, oh, God, this really sucks. Let's go for a walk. Oh, jeez. <laughs> so, you know. <laughs> Ugh. Oh, Sally, in, in Kansas. Yeah. So now we have Liberty Hall in Frankfurt, Frankfurt, Kentucky. Yeah. Apparently, I can't say that either. Sorry, guys. <laughs> this one's the Gray Lady. How cool is that? Nice. The Gray. She's not white. She's dingy. She's gray. <laughs> She's like uh, Eeyore. Thanks for noticing. <laughs> he was blue though, because he, he was blue. But bluish gray, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> the Gray Lady is Liberty Hall's best known figure. Many may not know that this famous ghost, often seen from the Palladian window at Liberty Hall, was based on a real person. Margarita Varick? I'm going to say Varick. Margareta. Margareta? No. Margarita. I'm just kidding. I don't know. (laughs) Just call her Margie. Margareta. I like Margarita. I just, I do like margaritas. (laughs) That's why I want to say it that way. It just dawned on me. (laughs) Welcome to Fridays, guys. (laughs) We are at the end of the week and we are ready to margarita. Lord of mercy. (laughs) We'll just call her Margie. Margareta Varick. She was born 1744 and passed in 1817. She was the aunt of Margareta Mason Brown, the wife of John Brown. Uh, Varick was traveling from New York to see her son in Illinois when she stopped in Frankfurt to see her niece, also named Margareta. She died three days after arriving in Frankfurt on July 28, 1817. I feel like that escalated quickly. Varick became violently ill one night and died before morning. The cause of death wasn't determined, but theories range from heart attack to acute indigestion to exhaustion after a long, hard journey. I feel like her niece was like, there can only be one. (laughs) Oh, jeez. Nice. (laughs) The first recorded sighting of the ghost was in the 1880s. So she didn't even start haunting. If she passed in 1817... Like, she took a hot minute. Um, It takes a lot of energy to ghost. I mean, it does. Yeah. Maybe she didn't find her handbook of the newly deceased. Recently recently deceased. deceased. Maybe she didn't find it right away. Mm Mm-hmm. The first recorded sighting of the ghost was in the 1880s in the Southwest upstairs bedroom. Mary Mason Mamie? Mamie? I don't know. Scott. Mammy. Mammy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Sorry. I can't. It's Southern. I know. <laughs> uh, she was sleeping in the room when she awoke to see an apparition, a tall woman veiled in gray. Mamie screamed and her brother, John Matthew, came with a shotgun, but the ghost had disappeared. Thank goodness, or else that ghost would have gotten shot. <laughs> I always wonder why people go to paranormal activity with a gun. Like, what are you going to do with that? Well, he's not going to know that it was a ghost. I mean, maybe if... 
You you hear your sister in the other room screaming. What are you going to do? You're going to go in and find out what's attacking her. Right. Most people are not going to think of ghosts. Or like, there's an intruder going after my sister. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, blast him away. I still say it's funny, though. Well, it's funny when we know it's a ghost. <laughs> okay. God. Cat. God. For three successive nights, the same thing occurred. A family friend later suggested that Mamie had seen the ghost of Margareta Varick. Mamie later referred to the spirit as our beloved ghost, and she viewed her as a kindly ghost. I'll see another friend. So she scared the crap out of her, but then it was like, cool. Mm-hmm. Yes. Brown family members and guests continued to have sightings in and around the area of the haunted bedroom during the early 20th century. Stories of the Grey Lady continue to this day, but why does she still haunt Liberty Hall 200 years later? Some believe that her body is still buried on the Liberty Hall grounds. Brown family members were reinterred to the Frankfurt Cemetery in the late 1840s after the cemetery was incorporated in 1844. These family members may have been buried on the grounds of Liberty Hall or elsewhere. Either way, there is no grave marker at the Frankfurt Cemetery for Margareta Varick, leading some to conclude that she is unable to find her final resting place. In 1965, a photograph taken of the staircase revealed an apparition. Now, this photograph is actually pretty famous. I bet if you look it up, if you click on our link, you will recognize it. It's like a a grayish-black transparent figure on a wooden stairway, and and I I bet when you see it, you you might be like, oh, I've seen that before. Very cool. Mm Mm-hmm. Do you, like, how... I I fully agree that it's because she doesn't have a marker. You think? Like, yeah, because I mean, think of how holy crap haunted Gettysburg is, mm. and because of how many men died there, and they don't have a marker or anything like that, just because of of en masse. And so, I mean, honestly, I I think that is the number one way to get a ghost is to not they don't have a grave they don't you know even even if they're cremated you know they your urn should have the name on it or something like that like they need a place to go yeah i mean that checks out a little bit because nanny and grandpa's house is crazy haunted by that little boy and if he really is buried in the backyard it's certainly not marked (laughs) right i don't know maybe well the next one Myrtle's Plantation in St. Francisville, <laughs> Louisiana. That place is really yes. popular. Yes. Yeah. I've heard about that. Seen all the pictures. Love it. Want to go there. We will go. Yes. We need I to. Fully th- I've, yes. Pilgrimage. Yep. Located in the deep American South where summers are warm and the air is thick with the spirits of overworked slaves and brutal masters lies the Myrtles Plantation in St. Francisville, Louisiana. With its majestic wraparound veranda, blue trim, and 20 rooms, it sits on high ground appearing like a fortress as you approach. It appears to be something out of a storybook. However... Its history is not for the faint of heart. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> it is only six and a half hours for me, though. Mm. 
nice. So you drive down here, and then we drive over there. It's a long, long way from me, (laughs) from Ohio. That's why you can you can stop here. Yeah, pit stop. (laughs) Pit stop at your haunted house (laughs) to go to the other haunted house. Mm -hmm. Our story begins with a newly married couple, Mr. and Mrs. Clark Woodruff. Mr. Woodruff was a prestigious judge and owned numerous slaves, as was the norm at the time. One of his house slaves went by the name of Chloe, who for many years fell victim to Woodruff's cruelty. Chloe tried to protect herself from the abuse by listening in to the Woodruff's conversations and modifying her behavior. One day, after being caught eavesdropping, Woodruff had Chloe's ears cut off forcing her to carry the shame and disfigurement the rest of her life. Her mutilation was hidden at the request of the Woodruffs by the use of a green turban. No one would see this terrifying mark, but the painful experience would stay with Chloe and inspire her to make plans for revenge. Because hell hath no fury. You go, girl. (laughs) On the ninth birthday of the Woodruffs' daughter... Chloe placed poisonous oleander leaves into the cake. Chloe's plan was to poison Miss Woodruff and their children. Some sources claim that it was never her intention to kill the three family members. They suggest that Chloe wanted to get them sick so she could nurse them back to health. In the South, local healers were among the most respected of the community. If Chloe could heal the family, she would be safe from the harsh reality of working in the fields. Tragically, the dose was lethal, and it ended up killing Mrs. Woodruff and her two children. After word spread of her actions on the plantation, the other slaves were the ones to take revenge. Chloe was hanged by the neck for everyone to witness until the life was drained from her body. She was then weighed down by rocks and thrown into the Mississippi River. The plantation was the site of other gruesome activity after Chloe's death. The new owner, a wealthy family man and his five children, would pass away from tuberculosis on the property. The home was later passed to one of his surviving daughters and her husband, the Winters. Mr. Winter was a proud member of his community and did his part by teaching Sunday school at his home. One day, as Mr. Winter was teaching, an unknown man rode up on a horse yelling to see him. As he came out to address this man, he was shot at point-blank range on his front porch. He retreated into the home and staggered up the stairs to eventually die in the arms of his wife. The sound of his strong and forceful stomps still linger in the home today, as visitors report hearing heavy footsteps from empty staircases. The plantation went on to be used as a film set for movies like The Long Hot Summer. These visitors were not safe from having their own paranormal experiences. While filming, cast and crew members reported witnessing furniture moving around the home all on its own. They could find nothing to explain this activity. The paranormal activity became more noticeable beginning in the 1970s once it was purchased by the Myers family. Multiple guests and residents reported seeing the transparent and ghostly apparitions of a young girl wearing a green turban moving throughout the property. In 1992, the owner took a famous photo while that they believe captures Chloe's spirit. 
you guys need to look up this photo. Click on this link. They've got it. It's awesome. It is a photo that they took for insurance purposes. They were getting what? homeowner's insurance or builder, like um, business insurance or liability, something like that. And they were told to go just full on snapshots of the building. So that's what they were doing. They were not taking pictures of anything in particular. And in one of those insurance... We're trying to capture a ghost. Mm -hmm. uh, that's my favorite way to catch a ghost is by not trying to catch it. Like when they get whispers on police body cameras and stuff. I love that mm -hmm. crap. So when they were showing it to the insurance agent, they noticed that, that there is an African-American woman in old clothes with a green turban standing right next to the building. Just standing there looking at them. That's fun. Crazy. Oh, I can't wait to go there. Ugh, freaking love it. I mean, I hate the history of it. I'm sorry all of that stuff happened, but that's a good ghost story. But it is history. Yeah. So we keep, we don't want to erase it because obviously, you know, if you yeah. forget history, you're doomed to repeat it kind of thing. Um, but then on, in turn, we wouldn't have these awesome ghost stories. <laughs> Not that I'm advocating for this. Right. Obviously. But we can always use a good ghost story. Yeah. All right, our next house is going to be Hager's house in Hagertown, Maryland. Shocking, right? Oh, terribly shocking. Very original. I know, I know. I'm going to guess <laughs> that he had a hand in building the town. Just just a guess. Maybe. I don't guess. know though. I don't I'm not sure where you're getting that from, but we'll go on. <laughs> <laughs> Back in a remote corner of Hagerstown, Maryland's Bucolic City Park sits an old, old house. So old that the earliest parts of it are older than Hagerstown itself. It has sturdy stone walls nearly two feet thick and two springs running through its cellar. So that's kind of cool. There's actually mm -hmm. springs under the house. Which I think is perfect environment for ghosts. Because they always say that running water will like lend energy to hauntings so on the plus side it will keep uh fey away oh okay they don't like running water interesting fun fact for the day it's now a local historic landmark with tour guides and curators and displays depicting life when maryland was still a british colony the house has been a quiet sentinel for nearly 300 years, and in all that time, an old house is bound to collect a ghost or two, or more. In fact, several have been seen in and around this house, which was first owned by Jonathan Hager, the German immigrant who founded Hagerstown back in the 18th century. Oh my gosh. <laughs> we had no idea. Shocking. <laughs> For decades, curators and tour guides have experienced the presence of otherworldly pranksters, telling the typical tales of disembodied voices and objects that move all by themselves, or the sound of footsteps and heavy objects being dragged across the stone floor in the cellar. Some folks spot a woman looking out the windows or get the gnawing sensation that they're being watched. The nursery is especially spooky. The cradle will rock, so does the rocking chair, without any human aid. Temperatures rise and fall without explanation, 
and during a ghost tour a few years ago, a woman fainted there. Mm. I love a good fainting spell. Kids are so creepy. <laughs> okay, but there's a difference between kids and infants. Mm. Right? Like, this is a cradle. So, I mean, we're talking yeah. a year younger. Then there's the corncob doll, which appears in different places. Apparently moved by an unseen hand that tour guides suspect belonged to one of the children who once occupied the house. And possibly still does. You guys click the link and look at that corn cob doll. That thing is creepy as crap. Those are fun. I cannot. <laughs> Jonathan Hager and his young wife, Elizabeth Kirshner, lived in the house as newlyweds from about 1740. The house was part residence, part trading post, and part frontier fort in the western reaches of Maryland. Jonathan called it Hager's Fancy. Oh, I like that. Of I course like he that. would. <laughs> I do. You do? Sometime nice. around 1745, Hager sold the house to Jacob Rower, and Jacob's family members, including a cousin named Catherine Hammond, owned the house for nearly 200 years. But just before the Civil War, they started renting it to other people. And by the time of the Second World War, it had become the derelict dwelling of people down on their luck. Finally, in 1944, it was sold to the local historical society. Once it was restored, it was deeded to the city. These days, one of the first questions visitors ask is whether anyone died in the house. And the answer is yes. At least 13 Lucky number 13. I know, right? Some died naturally, some died by accident, and some perhaps not by accident. Mm-hmm. Paranormal investigations in the house have found the kitchen emits feminine energy, while the trading post in the room opposite renders masculine energy. Of course. <laughs> of course, I mean. Well, you know, I just, I want to know what feminine energy feels like as opposed to masculine energy. Yeah. Like, are we getting a good musk smell? (laughs) Furs and cigars. Mm. (laughs) Guides say that apparitions of both have been glimpsed in and around the house with some regularity. There's a little girl who latches onto women. Maybe she's the one moving the doll. There's a lady in green... Some have seen her looking out the window. Others have spotted a flash of her green dress in the hall. There's a man in black, seen both around the house and elsewhere in City Park. Sometimes sitting on the porch smoking a pipe. He might be a member of the Hammond family, but while getting a ghost to submit to DNA testing is a little tricky. (laughs) Ghost tours are given at the house every year at Halloween, But if you go, watch your back. The Hager House haints have been known to poke visitors when they least expect it. I feel like they meant haunts there. Could be. We're reading this from the website, so yeah. Yeah. Although haint is the opposite of haunt. Really? Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so there is actually a color called haint blue and you will find a lot of either porches or porch roofs in the South painted this really specific blue color. Like everyone has this color. 
and it's called Haint Blue, and it's meant to keep ghosts out of your house. Really? Hmm. I did not know that was a thing. Yeah. So that is the Hager House in Hagerstown, Maryland. I wonder what shade of blue Nanny and Grandpa's house is, because their house is a blue house with a red roof. Um, it's it's not haint blue. It's not? I can tell oh. you that. Um, haint blue is like sky blue, but dull. Mm. Hmm. So sky blue is like this really vibrant, pretty blue. Haint blue is like if you took kind of like a very very mild gray filter and put it over the sky blue. Mm. Okay, very interesting. Well, now we've got the Lizzie Borden house. In Fall River, Massachusetts. So I think this is a good pick for Massachusetts because Mm -hmm. everybody, well, most people have heard of the Lizzie Borden house and the axe murderer, uh, Lizzie Borden. Do you remember the rhyme? Uh, um, You remember the jump rope rhyme? Oh, I I remember bits and pieces. Go ahead, do it. I feel like you know it. Lizzie Borden took an axe, gave her mother 40 wax. When she saw what she had done, she gave her father 41. Hmm. I can't remember the rest rest of it, but there is a part where when you're jumping rope, like she comes out of the house to go after you and how many did you get kind of thing. And then you got to keep jumping rope until you... Until you mess up. (laughs) Yep. Until you die. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, kids are dark. (laughs) So... This says, on August 4th, 1892, Andrew and his wife, Abby Borden, were brutally slain inside the home with what was determined to be multiple hatchet blows to the head. Andrew's daughter, Lizzie, was accused of the murder in a sensational trial that made headlines nationwide. She was acquitted and lived for decades under a specter of suspicion, and the still unsolved mystery case has intrigued historians and true crime enthusiasts ever since. Uh-huh. Believers in the paranormal claim the house is haunted by everyone from Abby and Andrew to the ghosts of two children murdered by their mother at the house next door in 1848. So let me see. The first murder was in 1892. So that would have happened before the parents were murdered. So I've heard, too, that Lizzie might haunt the house as Mm -hmm. well. But, of course, there's also that, like, follow-up story that she also haunts um, the house where she lived in uh, Maplecroft, which is where she lived after her trial. Because she didn't move away from the town. Even yeah, though everybody just, she, there was she like... She moved adjacent to Yeah, she, she still lived in the area to her death. So, you know, you might catch her at either house. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, the Lizzie Borden house was featured on the Travel Channel's TV show Ghost Adventures in 2012. I think my loyal followers know what I feel about that show. <laughs> Um, an episode that featured a tour guide claiming the ghost of Andrew Borden punched her in the back. Some people claim to have heard noises of creaking or footsteps, children's laughter, and seen a ghostly face appearing on a wall in the basement. But many other people, including other former tour guides, have spent time in the house without incident. 
The house is opened and operated under um, U.S. Ghost Adventures, a company that stages ghost tours nationwide, including in downtown Fall River. The Lizzie Borden House also hosts ghost hunts in the house, where for the low, low price of $35, customers can roam through the house in the dark, searching for evidence of the paranormal. See, I feel like that's such, like, 35 bucks. You can just wander around. Mm. Like, the house is already paid for. You're just paying property taxes at that point. Yeah. I mean, that's a popular like some maintenance. place to visit, though, so I bet mm-hmm. they're not just paying for their taxes. I'm sure they're making a profit. Well, I know, but that's what I'm saying is, like, they're not, you know, they're not running a, a B&B right. kind of thing. They're not having to pay there, for... I, I thought Yeah, but they're not going to make you breakfast. Oh, there's no. not, you know, there's not special rooms with turndown services and stuff like that. Like, they're literally just like, yeah, give me 35 bucks so you can go wander around the house. Like, mm-hmm. they don't have to do anything, it's which I think is great. It's genius. <laughs> I When I was trying to uh, purchase Nanny and Grandpa's house there for a while, that's what I wanted to do. Uh, at first, I was thinking bed and breakfast, but honestly, the house doesn't have enough rooms in it to make it profitable so then i was like well what about a paranormal research center you know where people pay to ghost hunt there and then you don't Mm -hmm. have to go by rooms you can just go by occupancy and you know yeah Mm -hmm. so it's genius genius but yeah i it still might happen We're not dead yet. It's not completely ruled out. Yeah, I'll tell you right now, if I were ever to get the right investor that wanted to help me refurbish the house because it needs a lot of repairs, if you guys click on the GoFundMe that's in the show links, um, you'll see the damage to the house. And then there's plenty of damage that you can't see, like uh, termite damage and the foundation is rotted. It's just in really, really bad shape. But my grandparents' crazy haunted house um, needs a lot of work. So if I could find somebody who was willing to take that journey with me, I would do it in a New York minute. I would. (laughs) So if you're listening out there and you're wealthy (laughs) and your money is burning a hole in your pocket. (laughs) And you just need a spooky place to put it. Go listen to the episodes where we tell the story of Nanny's haunted house. It's crazy. It makes a good ghost story. Mm-hmm. Sad, but it's good. But good. So those are our haunted houses we have today. Yay! So next time we do this, we'll do houses 21 through 25. Yeah. And it's all in alphabetical order, so it's just the next states. We ended on Massachusetts, so it'll be the next five after that. Yes. So check it out. Check out our Patreon in the links. Um, see if there's anything there that tickles your fancy. There are other links in the show notes too. Go check them all out. I've got, um, an Etsy store and I, you know, there's like merch you can buy t-shirts and such stuff like that. Not this t-shirt though. No, or this one. This one says, I want to be where the people aren't. (laughs) (laughs) And it's true. (laughs) I do want to be where the people aren't. Yeah, there's a reason I work from home. (laughs) All right, spooky friends. Till next time, we'll spook you later. Ooh.